Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have Dale Sanders on the show. Dale is the Chief Technology Officer at Health Catalyst. He's done some awesome stuff. He's doing some awesome stuff today. I'm not going to steal his thunder. Dale, welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. Great to be here. Absolutely. Well, thanks for peeling off time. Thanks for thanks for carving out some time in the week to spend time with us. And um, Dale, as you probably know, I love origin stories. I love to hear how people started off. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of the things you went through in your life that have led you to where you're at today. Maybe maybe teleport us back to where, where it may have started. <laughs> wow. Let's see how far back. Uh, well, a lot of who I am as a person can go back to my upbringing in the mountains of Colorado. Uh, I was born and raised in a tiny little town. At that time, it was 10,000 people, Durango, Colorado. My family has several generation of roots there. And uh, my dad was a gentleman farmer and rancher. And so I grew up, you know, around horses and cows and alfalfa. And of course, you know, the mountains and skiing and mountain biking and all of that. It just kind of ingrained with who... I am, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so I'm sort of a country boy in a lot of ways, and also, but I also like adventure. So part of mm-hmm. that upbringing, you know, in the mountains, you're just constantly on some sort of adventure, mountain climbing, or doing something that I think most people would consider risky. But um, so I have this combination of sort of grounded in Mother Nature, but I really enjoy a good gnarly adventure as well and a little bit of risk and uh, <laughs> but uh, you know I, and that's not to you know I'm not a bungee cord sort of kind of risk taker <laughs> that yeah, my, my risks have been all about kind of calculated risks and so a lot of that you know a lot of who I am started in the I would say that the the dirt of the San Juan Mountains in Colorado runs through my veins and I'm glad for it wow yeah Dale, let me ask you, so would you say, so obviously, you know, you're at Health Catalyst, you've uh, been doing some interesting things in in health for for a while now. Um, I guess that being out in nature, it's like in your DNA, right? It's just integrated into who you are, your being. And would you say like that essence has led you to like, you know, not to to gravitate deeper and deeper into healthcare? Yeah. Yeah. I had an interesting experience that put me on the path to healthcare. You know, I, um, my father died unexpectedly when I was, uh, just a few days after I graduated from high school mm. and he and I were best friends. I mean, mm. literally just inseparable best friends. Mm. And, um, he died, you know, in old school way, he was intubated, he was under restraints, he was conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last words that he shared with me, he had a notepad and I held this, you know, you got to imagine I'm a 17 year old kid. And he indicated he wanted to communicate to me. So I held a notepad up. And with his hands still in restraints and a pencil in his hands, he, he said, please pull it up. And what he was asking for me to pull up his vent, you know, uh, mm. because he was, you know, he's conscious and he's choking on it and he's restrained. And it was just hideous. Mm. And it 
it put a real twist on my brain. You know, I obviously I couldn't pull it up. And uh, I just, there was something about that experience that um, planted a seed in my mind that healthcare needed to be better than what it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a long time for that seed to germinate, mm-hmm. but that was my first exposure to what I considered really bad healthcare. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. So that, yeah. That's a big part of it. Now there were, you know, lots of, I, you know, in a bizarre twist, I ended up, uh, I graduated. I thought I was going to go to med school. Actually, that was part of the incentive, but decided I'm not the greatest student in the world. I'm an up and down student when it comes to academics. I do well in things that interest me and tend not to do well in things that bore me. But I picked up a chemistry and a biology degree and and also a philosophy minor and thought I was headed to pre-med, decided not to just as random luck. I ran into an Air Force recruiter and on campus and he offered to send me back to school if I joined the Air Force for a minimum of four years mm-hmm. to pick up their version of a master's degree in what they called information systems engineering. And that was in 1983. So nobody was talking about information systems at that time. Nobody really knew what it was. Right. And I asked him, I said, well, what's an information system? And he said, you know, I don't really know, but I think it's where you connect telephones and computers together. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I, I remember thinking, I bet there's going to be a future in that. So sure, let's try that. Four years, I can do anything. <laughs> so that set me on a, you know, a, on the IT technical path. Um, I ended up staying for eight years in the Air Force. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, so Dale, so first of all, sorry to hear about your dad. Uh, it de- definitely, you know, sounds like it's a story I can relate to as well. You know, um, I lost my dad. He w- he had a heart attack. It was know oh. uh a little i was a little out of out of college but uh, so i was a little older than you uh, i happened in front of me happened in front of my mom it was it was at our home and oh no his first heart attack was his last and so so mm. that germinated a lot because you know he, he went to the hospital the, the day he passed away from the heart attack and so a very similar way but you know obviously there's there's two mindsets right there's a story of like you know why someone becomes the person they are is because this awful thing happened to them but then you also there's the other positive side of the story right that that i love to gravitate towards so this person became the awesome person they are because this you know this this circumstance happened to them and that and that germinated you know that seeded and germinated in something great um so so definitely i could you know i could relate and uh, very powerful powerful um you know experience that you went through that i'm sure the positive side is 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 leading into what you do today and, and obviously, you know, health catalyst and from a, from when you're talking about it and workflows, you're designing things that are influencing now probably so many lives, right. For the better, so many lives uh, and patients. Um, I, I just love to hear a little bit about, you know, what, what today is capturing your fascination, you know, with healthcare and what are you seeing happening that is, is helping us or, or what you're doing, influence lives at so much a greater way and kind of the i could imagine you're experiencing the fruition of you know taking a stand for other people's health so just love to hear about you know some of the things you're working on and seeing that are capturing your fascination yeah you know um what what fascinated me so you know moving from you know nuclear 
warfare into healthcare was kind of a weird transition. Mm-hmm. But there are interestingly some parallels in decision making: false positives, false negatives. You know, trying to integrate subjective and objective data into a, a clear picture of the situation. Mm-hmm. And one area in particular is what I call uh, the digitization of the patient and the influence that I have on digitization of the patient comes from my work with space operations and satellites in the Air Force and at National Security Agency. So um, in that world of you know rockets and spacecraft and things, you bathe those devices and sensors. And it's all about monitoring their health. It's all about monitoring the health of the payload and of the package. And if you think about from a digital sampling uh, you know, viewpoint, we have a really poor digital sample of patient health right now. Um, so it becomes a digital sampling deficit that motivates me to do better in healthcare and do better in health catalysts. So for example, mm-hmm. If you think about how often someone like you, a healthy person like you, how often, when was the last time you were at a, a, a doctor or a hospital? Probably once every three oh, years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? not a lot. Yeah. And, and the average person in the U.S., it's about three, three and a half visits per year. And that essentially represents the digital sampling rate that we have for patients in healthcare. And if you go back to Harry Nyquist, kind of the godfather of digital sampling theory, that's just not enough for us to understand the analog signal that we are as human beings. So um, I'm really passionate about leveraging the data that we do have about patients mm-hmm. um, and making the best of that, realizing that that digital sample that we have about patients right now is highly, highly pixelated. So you have to be careful about what you think you believe in the data that we currently have. And at the same time, uh, constantly pushing for the greater digitization of the patient outside the four walls of healthcare delivery so that we we're tracking people like you and I who are lucky enough to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the digital profiles that we need to understand better so that we can apply whatever you and I are doing to the betterment of, um, of other people's lives. So mm. digitization of the patient is a big part of what I'm doing, even though I'm you know, right now, for the most part, in Health Catalyst, we leverage the data that exists in the current ecosystem, but we are actively building out partnerships and working with um, very creative people like John Rogers at Northwestern and the uh, the Center for Integrated uh, Bioelectronics. Mm. That's where the that's where we need to go with healthcare. And then eventually, what I want to do is I want to shift the the focus and the the the, I guess the center of gravity from the healthcare system to the patient so that the patient has the ability to analyze, interact with, and port their data wherever they see fit. Mm. Um, so those are, those are a lot of the things we're working on right now. It's, uh, we're starting off, I think, kind of very pragmatically addressing the current pain points in, in healthcare. There's lots to be fixed, and the data that we have right now can inform that. Uh, you know, I try to stay dreamy about the future, but grounded in, you know, mother nature. Right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So we're, you know, I, yeah, I mean, long-term I really want to be associated with, you know, I want our brand 
And I want my personal legacy to be associated with improving healthcare equity for everyone. Right. We have a giant inequity in healthcare in the U.S. Um, I want to be associated with uh, progress in the treatment and identification and management of rare diseases, of small end diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be associated with reducing clinician burnout. Right. We are over measuring clinicians in a ridiculous level mm-hmm. and contributing to their burnout. So we've got to do something about that. I feel so sorry for them. Yeah. Um, I want to be associated with patient safety, right? At least we should do no harm. And, you know, patient safety is eight times underreported in the industry right now. So we're building out a really cool suite of products to identify adverse events before they become adverse events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, just to reemphasize, eventually, eventually I really want us to provide uh, direct to patient analytics and AI. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we're serving data up, you know, to the pop, you know, granted there is a population of patients that will never, um, have the ability to interact around their own data. So I'm not, I'm not naive about that, but there's a big part of the population that would be very comfortable and benefit enormously from direct patient analytics and AI Mm -hmm. and enable that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, Dale, this is, uh, this is a really, well, definitely a very powerful future uh, and legacy to strive for, and uh, which I appreciate greatly. You know, not a lot of leaders, I think, these days talk about personal legacy and legacy that they're trying to leave in, in, in the markets and companies they're with. And, and, and so I, I personally appreciate it. It's like, it's almost like the, the reverse, uh, you know, obituary writing, you know, like what you yeah. want to see written and then work backwards from there. Uh, which I find, you know, to be such a more profound and powerful way to live. And so um, I guess a Dale, Dale, a follow up to that. So analytics, AI, safety, uh, reducing physician burnout, um, these kind of, uh, I think you use the term like long tail diseases and discovering of those and, and diminishing those, as well as the inequality side or health or, or you know, gaining more health equity, equality out there. Um, what do you see, what do you see some of the solutions happening in the future and whether, whether you're directly influencing those or indirectly or, or, you know, culminating some of these technologies, maybe tell me a little bit about that optimistic future you see ourselves marching towards. Maybe it's like on a 10, 20 year horizon, but, uh, tell me a little bit about the, the future of health according to Dale. Well, you know, it, it probably won't come as any big surprise, but it, it just has to shift towards the patient and, mm-hmm. you know, pricing transparency, quality transparency, all those things that we all know. I mean, it's common sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be a part of, of where we go in the future. And my theory is that um, the sooner we can shift the, the focal point of data, from providers and payers to the patient, that's when you generally see historic transformation uh, of any kind is when, you know, it's like, it, imagine the impact that the Gutenberg press had on the literacy of Europe, mm-hmm. right? When you put information in the hands of the general public, it leads to periods of renaissance in society. Right. And if you you think about the information asymmetry that exists in healthcare right now, it's just dramatic. It's so complicated. 
I don't even know how to navigate healthcare. And I've been at it for, you know, whatever, 25 years now. <laughs> uh, and I can't even answer simple questions like, you know, for, you know, 59 year old father of a three year old and a five year old, what should I be doing differently with my life to improve my health? Right. I can't even find patients like me in data so that I can start learning from my peers and colleagues. Right. So anyway, we've got to shift that. We've got to move it over to, to patients. And then I think as we move that knowledge to the consumer, I think we re- reach the tipping point of dissatisfaction that won't turn back. Right. Right. I mean, we're dissatisfied in general with us healthcare right now, but nobody really knows what to do about it. Right. And we all feel a little bit helpless, but I think the more we inform patients and put data at the center of that knowledge, I think they will have the data that they need to finally tip it over and insist that things do change. It's the, they'll see behind the veil finally. Um, Yeah. 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 So, you know, I do think we have to be realistic in, in our society. There's an element of disengagement from personal health that I find very troubling. Um, almost a fatalistic approach to living, right? Where um, people who have the cognitive ability, they have the economic ability, they have the geographic ability to participate in their own care, but they literally don't care. Mm-hmm. And um, they abuse their, their health. And I, I worry about that. I worry that, um, you know, I read a report from the Department of Defense the other day that 71% of the U.S. um, millennial population and below is unfit for military duty. Oh, wow. And and it largely is because of the physical fitness issues. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not saying we should be motivated to populate the DOD with recruits, but it is an indicator that we've got a problem on our hands that's going to take personal ownership to fix. And we can't rely on the government. We can't rely on the healthcare system to fix that for us. Right. Yeah. Right. That's going to take some sort of national pride, I think, to overcome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Dale, well, a couple of things. I, I definitely agree with your, your vision and, and um, you know, shifting this to the consumer, to the, the person and to the to the patient, you know, is going to, you know, spark that renaissance, obviously history, you know, that's the blessing of looking at the history and, you know, you see those pieces moving you know, into, into healthcare, uh, which is really exciting, you know, as we're in this new like value based economy or we're rushing towards it very fast. And so, um, so Dale, a couple of things I just want to say, well, first of all, um, uh, I have one more question for you. Um, I guess, Thank you for, for making time, for carving out time. Thank you for sharing your origin with us, your passions, and your, your vision of Future for Health. And uh, I guess for our listeners, if they would like to engage with you on social media or maybe send you a message directly, if you'd like that to happen, what would be a good way to do so? Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn generally the best ways to do that. Awesome. My, my email is unmanageable. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no worries. And uh, so so definitely we'll, we'll link to the Twitter and LinkedIn. LinkedIn on, on the show notes. Uh, last question for you, Dale, is what's something you do? So obviously you've been in healthcare for so long, very outdoors focused. You've grown up in, in, in that, uh, 
in that world and where you're at right now is idealistic <laughs> for getting out, uh, you know, in the outdoors. But what's something you do on a weekly morning routine basis, you know, that really keeps the engine going? I, uh, I do a high intensity workout every morning, religiously. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm lucky I've got, uh, we made a nice little gym, very, very well equipped gym in our basement. And I've told my wife several times, it's the best investment I've ever made. It's phenomenal. I, I've always been a late afternoon, evening workout kind of guy, but I'm a late in life father. We didn't have kids until I was 55. Mm -hmm. And so we have a three-year-old and a five-year-old, beautiful, healthy little children that they keep me going. But the only time I have to work out now uh, that doesn't steal time from them is, uh, you know, six in the morning. So that's what keeps me going. And then I try to, you know, just eat healthy. And um, I've been a, you know, a meditator for many, many years and, and mm -hmm. you need to do that and advocate that for everyone. It's, um, it's a great way to keep your mind clear, treat the body well. Yeah. Those love my, it. Those are my things. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Dale. No, super, super powerful, uh, habits and, uh, you know, just the time in which you work out, you know, I'm trying, you know, me personally, I'm trying to work out a lot earlier in the morning when I start my day. Um, right there with you, um, you know, and the kid, well, I only have one kid, a three-year-old, but, uh, but yeah, I'm starting to find that shift might be, might, might be, uh, needed. So I don't steal time away from him, but, uh, um, Dale, thank you again for, for being on our show and, uh, for making time, uh, to our listeners out there. Uh, this is the pop health show. This show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. Uh, Dale, again, thank you so much for your time, for your story. Uh, for sharing it with us and uh, love to have you back as you work on more projects, more initiatives, roll out more things, impact more people. Love, love for you to come back and always share what you're doing. Uh, so Dale, thanks. Thanks so much. This was great. Thank you, Anthony. And keep up the great work. You've got a great thing going here. Everybody appreciates it. Good for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. Thank you. Uh -huh. Take care. Thank you.